0: This is Her Self-Expression with Beverly Price. Beverly is a divorce coach, podcast host, and advocate for women's empowerment. Did you know that studies show 79% of women don't feel confident? Four out of every five women feel less than other women. 62% don't believe they're intelligent, and one out of every two don't think they're beautiful. Beverly sees this as a tragedy. She's on a mission to empower every woman listening to feel confident, worthy, intelligent, and beautiful. This podcast empowers you to say yes to the next phase of your life and become the empowered woman you were made to be. Tune in to learn the steps you can take to immediately discover who you really are. Find your authentic voice, discover your magic, and own your own power. And now, here's Beverly. Enjoy the show. Hi, beautiful. I hope you're having an
1: awesome day. I'm Beverly Price, Divorce and Empowerment Coach. I work with women who are going through the divorce process, whether before, during, or afterward, so they can go on to live thriving lives without making the same mistakes over and over that I did. Schedule a free breakthrough session with me at HerSelfExpression.com. I'd love to help you. Studies show 79% of women do not feel confident. Four out of every five women consider themselves less than other women. 62% do not believe they are intelligent, and one out of every two don't think they're beautiful. I think this is an absolute tragedy. I want to move the needle on women's empowerment, and I'm on a mission to do just that. I want every woman to feel confident, equal to, intelligent, and beautiful. And that's why I bring you this podcast. Today, I have these questions for you to consider. Do you feel your self-worth is strong? What is your relationship to your self-worth? And how do they go together? Well, my guest today is Susan Nicholas, Human Conscious Media And she's going to talk to us today about self-worth and unpacking our money story. Coming from a place of disempowerment to empowerment. I absolutely love that journey. Dr. Susan Nicholas is a physician and surgeon who, after a conscious awakening, transitioned her life and founded a conscious media company. Susan is a life transformation guide quantum energy healer, and international speaker. Her speaking platform is The Frequency of Money, where she inspires audiences to positively transform their relationship with money. She is a TEDx presenter on money consciousness, overcoming generational poverty, as the founder of the Human Consciousness Consortium Publishing. Dr. Nicholas is a four-time author She breaks the cycle of generational poverty in one of her books. Susan also hosts the Be Conscious podcast and the Money Consciousness show. Her diverse work has a common thread to awaken humanity to consciousness. Susan's perspectives and work have been featured in Yahoo Finance, Associated Press, HuffPost, Authority Magazine, Conscious Life Journal, Thrive Global, TEDx, Forbes Books, Fox News, and NBC8, Ask the Doctor. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for being my guest today. I can't wait to hear your topic, and it's so good to have you.
2: Thank you so much, Beverly, for that generous introduction. I'm happy to be here.
1: So glad. Can you tell us a little bit about your own personal journey to empowerment? Oh, Absolutely. I think what's
2: core about any journey of empowerment is to examine our own history, our own story, because it all begins and ends with us. And so my journey started out, I was born into poverty. I was born into what I call now be a poverty experience. And the reason I call it that we can get into a little bit later, but I was born into the poverty experience to a teenage mother. My mother was 17 when she had me and I was her second child, had a ninth grade education. And I think what is pivotal in my money story and my shift to empowerment was I was also born into something I've now termed the prostitution energy.
1: Hmm.
2: And what I mean by that is my mother's mother, my grandmother was a prostitute who then who later ran her own brothel. And so in my family, there was a great deal of shame surrounding that and an unspeakableness about money. Gotcha. How money was earned, how money was spent. And so this is what I was born into. And it wasn't, I'll say this, Beverly. I didn't know what it was to be without it. This is just Mm -hmm. how I was born and what I was born into. And it wasn't until much later in life when I am what I now look back on. I was running away from that legacy, that past, particularly for the women in my family and what I would say was a disempowered state of being. Right. I, I could not run far far enough or fast enough away from it. Ooh. And I knew that as, even as a young child, as a 10-year-old child, that I wanted to do something that I believed was honorable and Ooh. that was also that I could support myself. I mean, literally from a very young age, even though it was unspeakable, there was this undercurrent of shame around the oldest profession in our family. And I didn't want to be a part of it. And so I, I literally believed as a child that I could learn my way out of it and physically, geographically move away from it, not realizing that that energy was within me.
1: Yeah, I call that and a to, geographic cure.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. To me, it was, a, it was a, educational. It was about titles. It was about status. It was about honor. It was about doing a profession that the society deemed honorable and then moving as geographically as far away from where i had started mm-hmm. and it was on that i would say the, the the at the peak of that experience of that running away experience that i experienced my dark night of the soul
0: okay. where
2: i realized it didn't matter how far i moved away how educated i've become how much money i earned inside i was still sad. I had a, I had a, a crevasse of void inside of mm-hmm. my own soul, a hollowness mm-hmm. in my own soul. Exactly. And I wished no longer to exist. And so that
1: was really what shifted me into what I do today. Yeah. I think in, in terms of, as you and I discussed, I feel like I've had many shifts. And at one point in time, I felt a hole in my soul, like you're talking about, And I used everything on the outside to try and fill it up and nothing would because it needed something real. It needed Mm -hmm. a power. It needed an energy. In my case, it was a power greater than myself. But Mm -hmm. I can so relate to that. And I can so relate to how not only your past from childhood, but even your past from adult can make that hole bigger. Mm-hmm. So that you want to try and fill it up with more. So I'm I'm right there with you. So how important is our relationship with money? Well, let me let me say this. No matter what you
2: pursue in life, whether it's career, whether it's money, whether it's title, whether it's physical things, whether it's experiences, none of that. It's never ever enough to fill a soulful void when there's a hollowness within your own soul. And so that becomes very redundant and it becomes exaggerated because we do so many things to fill something that can't be filled with physical things. Exactly. And so this relates very closely to our money story. Let me start with this. Many of us do not realize that we have a money story. We're not aware of it because money it, it, it's entangled in every aspect of our beingness. Exactly. We collectively have created a world, created a life at cost. So from the very beginning that we come into this world, there's a price, there's a cost, right? And often, mm-hmm. often it's an indebtedness. We, we come into the world indebted to all those that have come before us, that have raised us, that have provided for us, so we come into right. this world with, with I, what I call an imbalance in our money story. All of us. Mm-hmm. All of us. Okay. And so it doesn't really matter if we're born into largesse and riches and wealth or we're born into the poverty experience. We all come in to a world that costs. And then we f- try to figure out our way, figure out how to earn our keep or earn our stake here on the planet. So money is entangled in every aspect
1: of physical beingness. I think of, for example, an alcoholic. You can not have alcohol in your house. You cannot go to places with alcohol. But in the case of money, it's everywhere. You have to pay bills. You have to buy groceries, that kind of thing. So it seems like it would be even harder to to kind of move through change of that because it's always there. It's an ever present
2: thing. And I think there are, there are several ways and we can get to this uh, to the end, when we talk about tips to go away with, but I'll say there are several ways that we can heal our money story, even though it's ever present all around us, it's integrated into every aspect of our being. And so our and every aspect of our living on this planet. Mm -hmm. And so from that space, I I think once from that space, once we begin to recognize that we have a money history or a money story, then we can kind of move one step further and say, oh my gosh, perhaps I'm in a relationship with money. Mm Like my history, there are patterns and cycles. There are things about me. I have feelings about it. There are energies about it. There are triggers surrounding money. And so maybe I am in a relationship, maybe a dysfunctional relationship, but I'm in a relationship with this powerful force that we call our money. Interesting. Now, if we go even one step further and we realize that we have a money story, that we have a relationship with money, then... If if money can trigger us, does money hold what I call a vibration or an energy, its own energetic signature? Hmm. Can we come to this idea that money is energy, that there's a force behind money? We call money power. Why is that? Why do we feel... Empowered in the presence of money and disempowered with a lack of money.
1: Is it society telling us that's the way? The more money you have, the better you are. The better you're thought of, the more important you are. Right. Exactly. So we are
2: conditioned to believe that more money is powerful or more power. Right. It is a conditioning It's a part of what I call the money construct. It's very intertwined and intermingled in every aspect of our lives. When we talk about women's empowerment, a lot of that disempowerment or what we're trying to get back is our power surrounding our worth and our worth is related to our money story. Yes, I can see that. So what self-worth, This is kind of what I think it boils down to. Our innate self-worth, how we feel and what we feel worthy of inside of ourselves, is a reflection of our outward financial net worth. So there's a relationship between how we feel about ourselves, how worthy we feel, and our money story. There is a relationship. Now, whether or not you have ever thought of it that way, or have ever handled money in such a way that you're recognizing that you're in a relationship or noticing patterns, that's beside the point. The idea is, can we come to a recognition as an individual, as a society, that we are in fact in a relationship with a powerful force, we call that force
1: our money. Gotcha, gotcha. That is so fascinating. So. One of the terms that I've heard is a money block mm-hmm. and I've been through periods in my life where I would say I was much more frugal and mm-hmm. then I've been through periods where I'm spending and spending and spending. Mm-hmm. And does that tie in at all to a money block or what is the money block?
2: Well, I, I guess in my, in my work, in my conscious work, I don't, think of it necessarily as a block Uh, with money. I believe that it's an energetic vibration that you're resonating at. So I believe it's a frequency and we have periods of resistance and we have periods of flow. This is all energetics. Right. And again, if we think of money as energy, then money sometimes feels tight and restricted and sometimes it feels Flowing and abundant. Some people gotcha. also, I and mean, most of us also relate money to water. We call about flow. We talk about mm-hmm. banks, like the river bank and the bank. We talk right. about liquidity, which is, you know, of, of liquid and flow. We right. relate this, the energy, the force behind our water to money as well. And I think there's a reason for that because it does have a flow. It does have an energetic signature. It does have a vibration. And the reason I, I put it like that is because everything, if you can just imagine everything in knowable and unknowable existence at the very core of it, at the very core of us, ourselves, our souls, our electronics, everything, our furniture, our homes, our planet, It's energy at its core. Everything is built on the the foundation of energy. There's nothing that exists that we are in knowledge of that at its very core doesn't have an electron or some sort of energy at its very, very core, at its very core.
1: So you talked about vibration and there's a low vibration and there's a high vibration. What does each one imply?
2: You know, I think that's a very simplistic way to think about energy
0: because okay. I think
2: the way that I maybe that would might help is think of an analog radio dial where there are frequencies okay. on the interface and you right. can turn the dial, and you can go to 88.5 to 91.1, whatever, and then 104.5. These are all frequencies, okay. these are sound frequencies. And so think about let's say Beverly you're on a long road trip and you're noticing that the frequency that you're on gets staticky and you're like, Oh, I've got to change. I've got to tune in because you're shifting and there's a vibration or frequency that you're no longer in range for you're out of, you come out of range of a frequency. It's not good or bad. It's just a frequency. Gotcha. So think about, think about these radio towers. They're all in different places around the world and they're blaring out frequencies and you as the traveler as a driver come in and out of the frequency it's all vibration when you look at the recording of this podcast you're going to see the sound waves of our voices yeah the way we speak is a vibration that is a frequency
1: all of it it. makes it makes it's me energy. think of my cell phone going in and out of
0: service.
1: <laughs> yeah. What what really is the relationship for a woman between self-worth and money? I know you touched on it a tad earlier, but can you go into a little more detail? I think in the history of us as a
2: species, as uh, being in the divine feminine, women have been marginalized when it comes to money into resources. We've been conditioned to believe that we're not capable. We're not smart enough. We're not this or that enough to Mm -hmm. earn money, to keep money or to grow money or to be responsible with money, you name it. Mm
1: -hmm. And so
2: many women are, I would call disempowered in their money story. And it's not coming innately from themselves. It's from the consensus society. And we're put in you know, we're believed to, you know, need to be taken care of and married, marry well, so we can be taken care of. Right. Um, And so that's a conditioning that we, that we have as a collective, like that's something that we, all the women, all the people born into the feminine on this planet, we share this, this empowerment. And it's, it has varying levels, of course, but it's something that I believe we all have in common on a, at a very rudimentary level. And so when we go and strike out on our own or we have divorces or we choose not to marry or we do other things in life, maybe we choose not to have children or to enter into those contracts, which were those marriage contracts were initially based in resources. It was about a transfer of wealth and resources and being cared for. We choose not to do that. Then we are confronted, I believe, with our self-worth and our money story like front and center. All of those generations, literally ages, I mean, like ancestral ages of being marginalized in this area of our worth. And so we are confronted with it. And what happens is, you know, we try to start businesses or have jobs and we're, we're, someone will try to tell us our worth, right? You go to an employer and they'll say, well, this is what we will pay you. And most people will not believe it is what they are worth. Now, some people, yeah, you know, you might. I'm not talking about you're green, have no experience. It's your very first, ex- you know, you're getting experience, right? And someone says, "Well, this is what we're going to pay you." I'm talking about you. You're mature. You have skills. You come into yourself or whatever you've learned or whatever you've cultivated for yourself, and people will try to tell us what our worth is. And often we feel that that's inadequate. Mm-hmm. Now, truly, we cannot be paid our worth, particularly all the other things that women t- tend to do where we're exactly. not compensated for it. We're not mm-hmm. compensated for child rearing, for wifing, for housekeeping, for cooking, for domestic. And it, we're not, for all the roles, There, there mm-hmm. are uncompensated roles. And yeah. so it's very difficult for us to even know our worth when we strike out and do things against, I guess, the narrative. We go away from that. When mm-hmm. we go to start our own businesses, we don't know what to charge. We don't, again, we don't know our worth. And right. we it's a it's a point of contention and struggle knowing your worth. And so this is where I believe for any woman who is coming out independent away from the patriarchy away from the old conditioning of what a woman's work is what a woman's job is what a woman's value is and stepping into her own innate self-worth we will go through all we will be challenged with our history our money story we'll be challenged with our self-worth we'll be challenged with creating like truly the life that we love it's gotcha. it's it's something that we're confronted with front and center. Wow.
1: Well, you know, I work with women going through a divorce. And for some women, a divorce means they lose everything. For other women, it means they have to lower their standard of living dramatically. And for a few it might mean coming out great. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. how does how does money and self-worth relate to that experience for those women? Again, I believe divorce is a great
2: example of being confronted with your self-worth, just Mm. like creating a business or just like going against the patriarchy, the narrative of what you should be doing as a woman. And you do what you want to do. All of these are great examples of being confronted with your self-worth. Because again, we don't often know what it is. We don't we don't feel worthy in ourselves. One of your statistics was one in two women don't believe they are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so we are our harshest critic is ourselves, right? We're mm-hmm. very hard Absolutely. on ourselves. We don't like the way that we look. We're always comparing ourselves. So we suffer from compareitis. Every yeah. we're always feeling less than unworthy, lacking. And then on top of that there could be religious beliefs surrounding money there could be mm-hmm. guilt there could be what I keep up shame surrounding money. there can be feelings of greed there can there may have been crimes committed when it comes to money. there may be lots of debt that people are ashamed of or that they keep getting into. There's so many aspects of it that it's really uh, I believe the onus at each person to begin this journey of what I call introspection. Of going inward and defining for yourself who you are, what is your money story, noticing patterns, what are you seeing over and over and over again? And what, you talked about kind of blocks, what are mm-hmm. what's, what what are you resisting, where do you feel that resistance, and where do you feel ease and flow? Gotcha. Let me give you an example, okay, in my own life. So I, I, I spoke to you earlier saying my journey was to get far away geographically and educate myself like intellectually. I want to get far away from where I came from. And so I did all of that work. It was a huge mm-hmm. uphill climb to right. becoming a heart surgeon, which was my journey, only to come down and have my dark night of the soul where I did not want to exist because I I believed that I had done everything i had checked all the boxes i did everything and still there was the void right right and so for me i i began that journey of self discovery of self introspection of looking into myself and saying what is going on within me why does i do i feel like i'm never compensated why do i feel unfulfilled why am I unhappy? Why, why do I wish to not exist anymore? You know, what right. is this in me? No matter how far away I got, I still had that hollowness, that heaviness, that profound sadness within me that nothing could touch. Nothing could touch. And so for, for many of us, we I'm not suggesting that everyone has to have a dark night of the soul. But everyone comes to a point where the path that they were on, they can no longer, they can't take one more step. Something must change for them to go on, and it doesn't mean that the solution, as you've alluded to, is an easy one or right fast or anything like that. I think that's usually it's not. Mistakes <laughs> that I made, I thought, oh, I'm I'm awakened now. I I understand it's gonna be easy sailing again. That money flow water type of analogy. I'm gonna be on cruise control. Things are gonna fall into place. But really what happened is I recognized, and this is what I believe we all come to the recognition of, that there is outer work. There are things that we must do in life, but there's also inner work. There's, all, I believe we are also born into these bodies to transform energies, what Definitely. some would call blocks or resistances. And so in my own life, I know that when I'm working and running away and just trying to earn money, That's where the resistance is. I don't, I feel unwell with myself. I don't, I I feel unhappy. I feel unfulfilled. I've never, uh, 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 to this day, I'm 50 years old. I, in, in that type of journey, I've never felt I was adequately compensated for my value. When I've gone into whatever, what I call my conscious work, work that I love, I feel fulfilled. Finally, Mm -hmm. I'm fulfilled. So it's trying to figure out that balance of who you are, what are you really on the planet to do, transforming these energies so you can finally have that feeling of actualization.
1: Gotcha. Wow, that is just so powerful. Well, we're going to take a break. Everyone, please stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute where Susan's going to share her three actionable tips to help you with self-worth in regards to money. We'll be right back. A woman's empowerment, confidence, and self-esteem plummet after divorce. There can be feelings of, I don't know who I am, or how can I survive this? As a divorce and empowerment coach of her self-expression, I am passionate about helping women conquer these negative thoughts and feelings by providing information and guiding them into action. I'm Beverly Price and I've helped hundreds of women through being stuck in pain and fog go on to a new and exciting life where they thrive. Whether you are contemplating the divorce, in the process of divorce, recently divorced or divorced long ago. Whether you initiated the divorce or he did, you can move through the process onto a life of confidence, worth and joy without the fear of repeating past mistakes. If that sounds interesting to you, let's talk. Go to herselfexpression.com, click on the button at the top of the homepage and request your divorce breakthrough session. As you talk with me, you will discover a solution made just for you to move through the process and pass the emotions from your divorce onto the incredible next chapter of your life. And now, back to the show. And we're back. Susan, what three actionable steps around self-worth and money would you give to the women in our audience? Beverly, the very first thing that I would say is pivotal
2: in bringing awareness to your money story, your relationship with money, and your own self-worth is awareness. And when I say awareness... I mean the idea of tuning in to yourself what hurts what doesn't feel good what gives you that feeling in the pit of your stomach what makes your back hurt shoulder whatever your trigger become aware of it okay i had several triggers around money and i told you shame was one of my big things that's a very low that's one of the lowest vibrational states of being is shamefulness or being ashamed okay on the realm of like consciousness like there's a consciousness scale that has been created by the late david hawkins who puts shame at 20 on a logarithm scale of 20 where enlightenment is is on the logarithm scale of a thousand plus and this yeah. these are energies that can be measured in us that are measured mm-hmm. in our muscles okay and so just imagine i was at the bottom of the rung when it comes to money Right. And so I had lots of kerfuffle around money. And so first thing is awareness. What is going on within you? You don't have to name the feeling. You can, in fact, I think it's better just to notice a sensation in you. And there might be a word that you relate to it. I feel guilty. I feel undeserving. I feel greedy. I feel shameful. I feel X, Y, Z. You fill in the blank. What is going on with you when it comes to your money? I feel responsible whatever it is. And then the second tip is really to allow it, allow that feeling not to make it wrong. You just spoke, you know, a little bit about me. It's allowing me to get to know my body, like having different experiences in the world. So how do we get to know our soul? Because I believe Beverly, the, the feelings emanating within us are messages from, I call the, call her the goddess, the divine mm-hmm. within us. It's, that's the way that it speaks to us or engages us while we are embodied. We have feelings. Mm-hmm. Now the, the distinction between emotions is emotions are very physio- physiological. So I might feel hot. I might feel sweating, I might feel cold, I might feel anxious, I might feel my heart beating. Those are the physiologic expression, or those are the emotions of the feelings emanating from in us. We feel a certain way, and then we have a physiologic response to it, okay? So that's kind of like the feelings, emotion, kind of how they're intertwined. And so Mm -hmm. the feeling, we can call it a sensation within us, we don't have to name it, We don't feel good about something. It makes me feel like a sense of doom or pressure or heat or pain or exhaustion or whatever it is in you. When we allow that, then we we can basically connect with it. And this awareness and the allowing of it, Beverly, is the key to transforming it. Okay. So as long as we are feeling a certain way and it's evoking a response in us. Or sometimes it's like an autopilot response. Like for me, I would be in my shame, I would avoid financial obligations, like kind of Ooh. the head in the sand kind of behavior. I just felt right. like it was too much and I couldn't deal with it. And so I would go into these steep cycles of repeated depressions, gotcha. uh, or I just wouldn't deal with things. I'd have like bins of mail that I would be too afraid to open. Okay. Right. And so that was how it was manifesting in me. It was avoidance behavior. It was a lot of shame. I didn't want anybody to know about it. And it put me in depressive cycles where I didn't truly want to exist. I used to hate money.
1: So how did now, just you imagine, transform? How did you transform?
2: Through these tips of awareness that there's something about me and my money story that I wasn't ready to look at for decades for a long time right this unspeakableness i began my work i began speaking about it that was okay. part of my transformation okay so the idea is i i brought awareness to it i was when i and awareness is noticing a cycle or a pattern that keeps recurring and then when we allow it we, it can bring us back to what I think is my third step. It, it brings us back to us, our breath. What is the core thing about us? It doesn't matter where we are, what we're doing. We always have our breath. We might not have presence yes. of mind, but we have our breath, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And so
2: in that, in that awareness, in that allowing, that sensation, I've, it can bring attention to it. I can put my hand on it. Some people put their hand on their heart. I bring attention to it that's acknowledging that some that that signal coming from within you that's acknowledging your own soul when you gotcha. come into that allowing not ignoring it not medicating it not distracting from it not going crazy not losing your shit but coming into it and saying yeah. what is this okay you ask a higher order question what is this telling me that is part of the allowing of it and then in that moment Instead of the racket and the, and the chaos in your brain, come to your breath. So some people call this breath work. There's all different kinds of breath work. To me, this is just coming back to your breath, in, out. And in that moment, in those moments of that anxiety or whatever you want to call what's happening within you, when we come back to our breath and narrow our thoughts to two simple words like in, out, or one, two, or I am, whatever you choose your two words, what resonates most highly with you, then we can begin to transform that energy. So you can check back in with yourself. How do I, how am I now? How am I now? And then you have some clarity of what's going on with you. You might remember an incident when you were three years old that you thought was completely gone from you or there might be a scent, or there might be a sound, or there might be a mem- something that you know comes, and you're like, oh, that's when I first felt this. Wow. And so it allows us to go back into our ancestral past and to begin to transform these energies. Beautiful. Now, this is something that we do over and over and over again. And as we do it, as we come into awareness, as we allow what's going on inside of us to be seen, to be felt, as we go into our breath, we begin to transform these energies and finally break the cycles, and we can elevate our self worth. And the reason I say elevate our self worth is because in that racket, usually we're 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 raising ourselves, we're coming down on ourselves, we're hating on ourselves, mm-hmm. we're in a self loathing type of energy. Right, but when we come into this higher vibrational state of our breath, what we can remember—I always say—you have three things in your back pocket. Write them down if you need to. In the first, at first, but always have three things that unshakably you know to be true about yourself. Okay, that may not be that I'm worthy right now, but it may be that I'm a, a an excellent cook, or I'm a good mother, or I'm whatever your skill is. I'm great at knitting. Whatever it is. It doesn't matter right. what it is. I've got the greenest thumb. Whatever it is that, you, that is unshakable, that no one can tell you otherwise, that you know to be true about yourself. That's what you breathe in. Awesome. I am highly intelligent. I'm, a, I'm an outstanding mother. I am strong. I am, I am, I am. And that is what elevates our self-worth, remembering
1: who we are. Beautiful. Well, Susan, this has just been, I'm just amazed at everything that you shared. How can our listeners find you? I am
2: best reached at my website on www.susannicholas.org you can also find me on apple podcasts and or wherever you listen to your podcast on the be conscious podcast you can find my books on amazon and barnes and noble really at any online bookseller around the world i'm the author of uh, the duality of being perspectives from multi-dimensional travel we didn't talk about this but my night oh dark night of the soul involved leaving out of my body and so i talk about that experience and then what i what i've come to understand and learn about life after having those out-of-body experiences
1: Okay,
2: that I hope can help other people when they are struggling in life or having an experience in life that that is particularly difficult. I'm also an author of three children's books, which is a part of a series that I'm writing because I recognize during this awakening that most of these energies that we are tasked with transforming as adults, they were with us in childhood. We can oftenly often put the first time that we felt something back in early childhood maybe even in the womb what was going on with our parents and our families while we were still forming we may not remember it but it's within us okay and so the idea is our children are also need to transform energies they're also embodied and they have fewer tools they have fewer life experiences perhaps then maybe a seasoned adult to recognize these things and to be able to go into themselves and introspect. And so I began writing for children versus two parts of me. I am more than my physical body. Then the death of cupcake for children who have experienced loss, just like adults do, but kids often don't get to make closure because our society doesn't allow them. And then my third upcoming book for 2023 is Poor Max Breaks the Cycle of Poverty. For children who are born into the poverty experience who believe that they are poor. How to transform that.
1: That's great. Susan, thank you so much for being my guest today. I found your sharing so enlightening. And to the audience, all of Susan's information will be available in the show notes along with mine. You can find them at HerselfExpression.com on the podcast page or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please connect with Susan to learn more about her. Thank you for being with Susan and myself on this episode of Her Self-Expression. I would love connecting you with incredible women like Susan who can provide you with actionable steps for you to take on your empowerment journey. Please follow this podcast and share it with your friends because the more you share, the more interesting topics and dynamic speakers I can bring. Remember, the more you express yourself, the better you feel. But most importantly, you don't have to go it alone. I've been through my own painful empowerment journey and my own divorce journey to get to the other side and have the experience to guide you. I'm here to help. Thank you so much and take care.
0: Thank you for listening to the Her Self Expression podcast host Beverly Price believes that you are intelligent, worthy, and beautiful. Her goal every episode is to help you believe that too, and have the confidence to take steps toward creating the life you want. You can find podcast episodes, blog posts, resources, and more at www.herselfexpression.com. If you liked this episode, please pay it forward, follow, and share with your friends.